What moves you to share the gospel? What is it that motivates you to share the gospel? This is an interesting question that we're going to look at today as we dig into Daniel chapter 4. I am Andrew Marquez, and this is the Baptist on the Bible podcast. I'm so glad to be with you today. Here is your 7 at 7 devotion. I try to do this devotion Mondays and Friday at 7 a.m. It's been a busy run, and so sometimes I don't always launch them. Uh, but I'm getting back in the swing with school getting back in session and everything getting back to normal. So I'm looking forward to our time together today. The title of this series is called The Toppled Tree, and it's going to cover the vision that Nebuchadnezzar has in chapter 4 and this uh, terrible vision which turns into a terrible reality. But it is such a significant event in Nebuchadnezzar's life that it drives him to worship. In fact, I think it brings him to salvation. And so let's go ahead and read the first three verses. That's our topic for today. The dedication given to this great story that Nebuchadnezzar tells himself. Beginning at verse 1 of chapter 4, it says, King Nebuchadnezzar, to the nations and peoples of every language who live in all the earth, may you prosper greatly. It is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders that the Most High God has performed for me. How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. His dominion endures from generation to generation. What a significant and wonderful declaration of the goodness of God from a pagan king. I mean, this is an incredible passage of scripture where a pagan king essentially proclaims salvation, belief, uh, conversion experience, a trust in the Most High God, the very God that is proclaimed to him through Daniel, the prophet. And so what do we see here? Um, this is going to kind of uh, draw us into this story because what we have understood is that something significant has moved Nebuchadnezzar, the, the king who was trying to kill Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego through a fiery furnace. It's going to lead this king who tried to elevate himself in this statue that he built and tries to rebel against the vision that God gave him of a statue of, uh, of gold that disintegrates uh, as the stone of the kingdom of God comes and crushes it. This rebellious leader is now going to proclaim the glory of the Most High God. What brought him to this point? Well, we're going to find out as we dig in, but what's amazing is that he is confessing the Most High God in such a way that he wants everyone to know. And if we dig in a little deeper, we'll find out that God breaks the pride of Nebuchadnezzar in a really powerful way. But it is the broken Nebuchadnezzar that can truly proclaim the glory of God. And so often that is what it is required of us. You know, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, what got you to that point that you became a believer? Did God have to break you of your pride? Did he have to make you aware of the sin in your life? Did he have to show you how destructive this sin is uh, for his own glory as a mockery of the maker or the way that it could destroy your own life or those around you? Sin is destructive and it needs to be paid for. And so when you came to realize that your sin was paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ, did that motivate you to witness? Nebuchadnezzar, when he realizes who God is and who he is in relationship to that Most High God, he is broken and brought to celebration and praise and evangelism. What we have here is a proto-evangelistic message. What we see is that he begins with a blessing for all people everywhere. 
it is so amazing because it's not just for the Jews. Nebuchadnezzar is not saying I'm going to become a Jew and, and just uh, focus on this very isolated people group. Rather, he recognizes something about the gospel that not even all of the Jews of the day recognized, that this blessing was for all people everywhere. It reminds us of Abraham, and God says, I'm going to call you into a great nation, and you will be a blessing. Through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. I often ask people in my class, why did God need to bless the whole world through Abraham? Why not just his family? And the answer is something that we don't always recognize, that the need for blessing is driven because we are all under a curse. The curse that came through Adam and Eve and their sin and their rebellion falls upon all of their descendants. And so we stand separated from God in need of his restoration, his blessing. Nebuchadnezzar is praising the Most High God and giving this proclamation, this evangelism, to all people everywhere. How often do we keep the gospel, the proclamation, the salvation that we experience to ourselves. You know, when we are newly converted people, we tend to have an attitude of, I've got to tell people, I have to share a great experience. But over time it wanes and we lose the freshness. Don't lose the freshness and don't, don't lose the joy. Right? The, ex- the next thing we see is that there's a joyous witness here. He says, it is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders of this God. Is it a joy for you to share the gospel? You know, one of the things I think that drives people away from the gospel is that it, we, we tend to couch it in terms of solemnity and uh, just quiet, uh, uh, kind of sorrowful repentance, which, of course, that's part of coming to Christ. But then he welcomes you into the family and there is joy. Oliver Holmes was a Supreme Court justice, and he tells in his memoirs about how he almost went into the ministry. And what he says is, I might have entered uh, as a clergyman if I had not looked around and seen so many that looked and acted like undertakers. How many Christians act as though they are undertakers? We should be joyous in the salvation that we share. And finally, we have to recognize where that salvation comes. He then points to the Most High God, the miracle worker, the sign giver, the wonder maker, the ruler of the eternal kingdom forever and ever, from generation to generation. Has God revealed himself to you that way? Have you experienced the generational blessings that come from knowing God and from trusting him with your life? Then share it. Doesn't that move you to proclaim? Who do you know today that you might be able to bear witness to and share the joy of the salvation that you have claimed? Consider that, and I hope that you'll have a great and glorious day. Take care.